This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, as we continue our look back at 2021 and looking ahead to next year, 2022, a pleasure to be joined once again by Wharton Finance Professor Jeremy Siegel. Jeremy, great to see you. Hope you're doing well. I am doing well. Thank you, Dan. Give us your overview on, on how you thought 2021 went from a market perspective. Well, early on in 2021, I saw the burst of the money supply that was produced by the, the Federal Reserve, and that really uh, clued me in on what was going to happen. I, 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 uh, I had uh, never seen such a strong provision of liquidity, and I knew it would first go into the markets because spending was repressed, but I uh, you know, had pre predicted that we were going to have substantial inflation in, in 2021. And, and so what has happened has not surprised me. Are we past the point where we consider it to be transitory? Oh, absolutely. It was never transitory. I mean, in the sense that it's only going to be a few months. Uh, in fact, I have been saying for over six months that I think the cumulative amount of inflation that we're going to have over the next uh, three or four years is going to be 20 to 25 percent. Now, I don't mean that in one year, but um, uh, I mean, if we could have seven, 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 five, 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 uh, it's impossible to know how it's going to exactly be distributed. But uh, when we come out of this, uh, I think the price level of goods and services is going to be uh, about 25 percent higher. So what do you think that's going to mean for the path of the Fed? And, and obviously, uh, you know, the fact that it looks like that you're going to have Jerome Powell uh, running the Federal Reserve again for a second term. You'll have uh, a vice chair with uh, Lael Brainerd uh, working with him on this. What's that going to mean for the path of the Fed in, in 2022? Well, I think the Fed is way behind the curve. And I've been saying this for quite a while they should have stopped the tapering and sort of started raising interest rates by now. I think they're going to have to make a pivot uh, and that perhaps is going to come at the December meeting for a faster taper and a sooner increase in interest rates. The Fed must get more aggressive. Will we see then, you know, uh, incremental increases in rates, uh, maybe by 25 basis points here as we move through the, the early parts of 2022? We, we may even have to jump 50 basis points because if we have inflation rising at uh, six, seven percent, uh, you know, uh, you know, baby steps is not going to do it. Um, we, 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 I think we have to probably raise the short rate of four or five percent. And, uh, you know, we would have to do that within a couple of years um, because uh, uh, right now, as long as the interest rate stays so far below the rate of inflation, it just encourages people to borrow and buy goods. Let me get your thoughts on the move by the Biden administration to uh, once again nominate Jerome Powell uh, for Fed chair. Yeah. I mean, I, I supported Powell. I, I thought actually it was a slam dunk. Uh, I, I, I think it's a win-win for Biden. If, if inflation is out of control, he can blame a Republican. If it's uh, if if he gets it under control, he can say it's my choice. If he picks Leo Brainerd, then it's he owns it a hundred percent, and inflation continues 
then he has to take even more heat. Uh, and, uh, you know, Powell has the confidence of Wall Street. There is continuity. There's a huge historical record of Democrats uh, taking Republicans as head of uh, uh, chair of, of the Federal Reserve. And let's face it, I, I have called uh, Jay Powell the most dovish uh, chairman that I know. And so, uh, you know, he is not far from, uh, you know, what uh, the Democrats uh, generally support in terms of uh, stimulating the economy. So it was not a surprise to you that Leo Brainerd did not get the... No, not at all. Uh, I, I uh, was not at all surprised. I was always saying, I mean, I even told people uh, that it was a slam dunk that, uh, of course, it, it became, uh, as the delay came, it, be, it looked a little closer but uh, I, I, all the arguments seem to be to keep uh, 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 Powell in, given that Wall Street supported him and uh, that uh, he has somewhat of a foil in terms of, uh, of uh, what might happen at the Fed. It's going to be an interesting next year, I think, as well, uh, Professor Siegel, from the perspective of, you know, we're still dealing with labor issues here in this country. Uh, and, uh, you know, you have an economy which is building itself back, but still is not where it was uh, in 2019. Uh, and, and I think from a policy perspective, it becomes that much more important for the Fed and for the Biden administration to really get their ducks in a row here going into 2022 to, to really make the biggest push that they can. Yeah, I, 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 you know, you're absolutely. And by the way, the economy is not going to come back to 2019. We've had a permanent shock to the economy and to the labor supply um, that's only partially going to be rectified. So the world has changed. Uh, and we also know that Biden has three or four more picks for Fed chair, uh, not, not for the chair, for Fed uh, positions on the board. And so he still has a lot of opportunity. I think that that's another reason why he picked Powell. I mean, he can he, he has a number of hand-picked uh, 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 people. He knows he can get Powell through the Senate. And uh, so in, in this case, uh, uh, they, they might cut him a little slack in, in the other th the three nominations. I remember talking with you a while back when uh, uh, we were talking about uh, the potential of Dow 30,000. So here we are at Dow 35,000. and it, I More guess than that even, right? Yeah, and, and it's been, what, about a 16% uh, bump this year from where we were at the beginning of the year. Are, are, you, are you optimistic that we can have even half that coming up next year? Well, I don't think we're going to have it. This has been a great year, over 20% on the S&P. I mean, I, I, I think that, I think it's going to be more modest. I think there's going to be some headwinds when the Fed pivots. Um, but basically, stocks are real assets, and you want to hold real assets when there is inflation. So, uh, you know, I, I'm saying, I, I, you know, I could see the S&P hitting 5,000, uh, you know, in toward the end of next year, much more modest gain than this year, but still a positive gain. Uh, and, uh, and, and the Dow tacking on uh, several thousand more points, I'm not saying it's going to hit 40 <laughs> I was I was waiting for you to say whether or not you're going to have a hat that says Dow 40K on it. You know, it eventually happened. Uh, you know, uh, Dow 35,000 finally happened for Kevin Hassett. <laughs> yeah. 
And James Glassman, the book was written in 2000, took 21 years, finally happened. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, long-term trends are always uh, are favorable for the market still. And I do not regard the market, I don't regard it as cheap, but I do not regard the market as wildly overvalued. I'm not talking about every stock, but many, many, uh, the, the bulk of the market in the S&P 500, I think is quite reasonably priced given the, uh, the economic circumstances. So what are the couple of things you are most watchful of you know, thinking about policy, thinking about the markets, you know, this entire mix, what do you most focus on as we go into 2022? What's what, what is really keying your interest? Well, I look at the money supply. I mean, my, my, my history has been monetary theory and policy and it's been out of control and it comes out. Well, it came out yesterday. Actually, we, we, uh, it comes out on the fourth Tuesday of every month and um, uh, uh, although it's slowed a little bit, it is still going up at double-digit rates. That's not consistent with two or even three percent rates of inflation. We must get liquidity under control in the economy. The only way, really, to do that is the Federal Reserve first to stop the taper and secondly to raise rates. That's what I'm looking at. If they can do that and stop the growth of this liquidity, we'll finally get that inflation under control. How much then are you also focused on some of these issues around labor that, that we've been seeing play well, out? Well, I think the labor, I, 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 there's two labor markets. Those that are active and moving around are getting 10, 15, 20% raises. Yeah. Uh, who's losing now are the people who are, you know, white collar workers that got their 3% raise in January, and now we have inflation of over 6%. They're losing 3%. They're not going to be so quiet next January, they're not going to be satisfied with 3% next January. Uh, you know, you need 6% to stay even with inflation. So I think you're going to be seeing some big labor bumps in the coming months. Professor, as always, it's great to talk with you. And we look forward to talking to you throughout the course of 2022. Thank you, Dan. All the best. Wharton Finance Professor Jeremy Siegel. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.